so the first question that was asked was, uh, respect to the jhan, how do we help someone who has a terminal illness? Uh, there's one lady who follows the Buddha's teachings and only has a few days left. And also, how does one help people who are not Buddhist and are sick? How to help them so that uh, the end is not very, is peaceful and not very painful? Uh, thanks and gratitude. And, uh, so, this shows that you are a good friend. Uh, that you're helping your friend out like this. And uh, so you can explain to people who are sick. Um, and it doesn't matter which religion they follow because all people of all religions, they don't want to suffer and they all want happiness. If their mind is in a skillful state, then that skillfulness is the same independent of religion. And that's also true for unskillful states. And so you should recollect um, anything uh, that brings up happiness, things that they have done in the past, uh, good things that they have created through their body, their speech, and their minds. Uh, that which, when they recollect, it brings up a fullness of heart, um, the things that they have sacrificed, the ways that they have given to others. Uh, so they should bring up these acts of goodness. Recollect like this um, so that happiness comes up, so the heart feels at ease. And these objects um, or these memories uh, that bring this result, you should take them up and recollect them frequently. And people of all religions can do this. Uh, because all religions, they teach us to abandon evil, to give rise to meritorious things, to sacrifice. And give up our feelings of selfishness. So you should recollect um, in a way that gives rise to inner joy. And also to, to get them to understand and accept the truth that all lives need to be this way. Um, whether it happens quickly or it happens slowly, um, no one's able to live forever. So you should get them to uh, put their minds in a state where they're not worrying. They're able to put down all their anxieties, all their issues, and just make their minds happy in a way that's not uh, scattered, that's not upset or unstable. And uh, to do this a lot. And uh, in this way, then they will be able to pass away with happiness. So a question from Rob Corbett in New Zealand. I find applying anicca to unpleasant sensations and circumstances, vibhava tanha, can create desire to end those circumstances or sensations as though the sense oscillates between desire not to be and desire to be by applying anicca. How is it best to deal with that? So Lampo answered, um, so having these feelings of not liking something, or not wanting to have, not wanting to be, these are just uh, normal events that happen in the mind. So we should look at them and see that they are something that arise and cease. 
and uh, don't get into not wanting them or not wanting to not want them um, but or don't think in a way that makes the mind all uh, stirred up and when we look at the objects, um, these emotions or these feelings like this, then that very looking at them is seeing into anicca. So uh, utilizing anicca, um, this reflection on inconstancy, uh, what we're doing is we're just bringing our mindfulness to see how the, things, the, the thing is. And if we get the feeling that we don't want something, we don't want to be something, we see that this feeling arises and ceases. But we shouldn't want for it to just go away quickly because if we do that, then that's uh, craving over, overlying another form of craving. So rather we just bring up our mindfulness and pay attention well. And uh, we carry on doing this, seeing that these things are inconstant, they're not sure, um, seeing that they do change. And uh, as we carry on with this, then our mindfulness and wisdom will get quicker and uh, more agile through the practice. Okay, next question from Rob Corbett in New Zealand. I sometimes experience extreme fear during meditation. On occasions, the whole body starts shaking. When I have gradually opened up to the sensations usually arising from a sight of pain in the belly and just let them be, often an unpleasant childhood memory will gradually develop in my consciousness. If I sit and just witness it, the sensations fade and I never again experience that memory. I feel much lighter as though a burden has been shed. In meditation practice, is this a common experience? Am I doing the right thing? Okay, and so Lumbar answered um, that this is normal and it's correct what you're doing. And, um, but when training in mindfulness and in samadhi, we need to understand that initially we may not have much of these qualities, we may not have much mindfulness. And if this is the case, then the mind is always following the things that it experiences, always following these mental objects. Uh, but now we come to train our minds and we try to do this well. And uh, we should uh, see that the Buddha uh, had trained himself well, that uh, the, his awakened disciples um, had done this. And uh, in, while we're training ourselves, then they are protecting us. And then we bring up metta, we have kindness and spread this towards all beings. And when the mind has this kindness there, then there won't be fear in the mind. We understand that the Buddha is protecting us and that we are now raising up goodness, we're building goodness. So when the mind is imbued with kindness, then it won't be fearful and stress won't arise. And when the mind is uh, peaceful, um, then uh, sometimes these memories from the past can come up, memories that we had forgotten long ago. These can appear within the mind. And when we receive these old memories, we should contemplate them in the here and now, see that they are a phenomena which arises, is there for a short time and then ceases. 
And in doing this, uh, then we can let go of these things and the mind feels very at ease. So what you're doing is correct and carry on training consistently in this way. Okay, next question from Livin from Malaysia. Mungpur, if during the meditation an image of a person pops up, what should we do? Should we radiate metta to the person or ignore it and go back to breathing? Mungpur answered that when we're training in samadhi sometimes, then nimittas uh, will come up and these can be an image of someone. It can be a sound, it can be lights appearing. But when we become aware of these, we just put them down and come back to our meditation object, the breath, for instance. We don't follow any of these images or any sounds, um, but we just bring our mind back to the in-breath, to the out-breath, or any mantras that we uh, recite. And this is the correct path of practice. Because if we do follow these uh, sense objects, the objects of the mind, then the mind will very easily become deluded in them. Maybe we'll see an image that's very beautiful and the mind becomes uh, distracted by this. Uh, maybe we see some lights and the mind uh, can get lost in these lights and it can get lost there for a very, very long period of time. Um, so we shouldn't just follow uh, these things. Um, but rather come back to the sensation of the breath. So next question from Livin from Malaysia. Mungpur, if the mind is peaceful, does it mean light will appear as a sign of peacefulness? And, uh, so when the mind begins to be peaceful, then it is possible for some of these limiters to arise. So it can be the image of a person or it can be lights as well. Uh, but we shouldn't allow uh, the mind to follow after these things, but rather we see them as just being something natural and normal and bring our minds back to a meditation object. Next question from Sujatati, Malaysia. Namo Buddhaya Lumpur. This morning Lumpur asked if we are experiencing peace after a few days of meditation. My experience is that I doze off in every sitting. Is this considered peaceful or unmindful? Whenever I chant Bhutto or count one, two, three, four, five, it's like hypnotizing myself. Very fast and I will doze off. Can Lung Por please advise? Thank you. So when we bring our minds uh, to peace, um, what we're doing is we're focusing on one thing, whether it's the breath, whether it's a mantra, um, whether it's a chant that we're doing. And it's possible that when we're doing this, or when we're, we're counting with the breath, uh, then our mindfulness can start getting blurred and getting a bit distracted. <clears throat> and then the mind can fall into vibhanga and go to sleep. <clears throat> so if that's the case, then we should open up our eyes and do a lot of chanting that if we know we're of the character to fall asleep easily when we meditate, then we shouldn't close our eyes. Okay, next question, uh, Anonymous. 
Dear Ajahn, during this retreat, I sometimes have to run some errands and I found that my reaction to the external world is very slow as I think I'm training single-pointedness of mind. Is this a side effect of the meditation? So this is very normal and it shows that you're probably practicing correctly. Uh, that when the mind becomes, starts becoming more still than it was before, um, then, well, before it used to have a lot of thoughts and these would happen very quickly. Uh, but as we train our minds to uh, become still, then um, our actions and our response to things can also become slower. But when you carry on developing mindfulness, and this gets quicker, uh, then you will be able to respond to things uh, more quickly as well. That there can be even be peace with thoughts, and you can take up thoughts um, as uh, kind of like uh, as an object of awareness. And uh, so, just train to become more skilled. Uh, but for now, you're currently in the training, and this is just how it is. Okay, next question from Raymond Lowe, Malaysia. Lumpur, after experiencing some calm and collectedness from samadhi, I sometimes get an insightful experience into anicca, dukkha, and anatta, and they cause much troubling uneasiness and worry in me. However, they soon evaporate like dew in the rising sun. How do I sustain and develop this clarity of wisdom? Thank you, Lumpur. So, what, whatever it is that we're doing, that if we become proficient at that thing, then we will succeed at it. Um, in the beginning with the training, <coughs> it's normal for, sorry, <coughs> for these things to happen. Um, but when we become skilled, then samadhi becomes easier to develop and we can give rise to wisdom more easily as well. And uh, then our samadhi will become well established in a way that it wasn't before. Um, but now I just carry on training, just try on training the mind and things will steadily get better. Next question from Kit Lum, Malaysia. Dear Lumpur, could you please clarify how asking for forgiveness works in relation to kama? Being that we're owners of our deeds, is it possible for our wrongdoings to be forgiven or the severity of our unwholesome deeds to be reduced in this way? Thank you for your guidance, Lumpur, and thank you for translating Bhante. And so our karma is our actions. And um, when we um, do these actions um, of whether it's anger, whether it's ill will, um, then these come from the defilements. These are actions which uh, are defiled actions. And they can tie us together or bring us into relationship with other beings in an unwholesome way. These are unwholesome relationships. Uh, but when we come to develop our minds, um, then we develop kindness as well. And we do this, when we do this, then we ask that we don't have 
ill will for each other, the beings that we may have a bad karmic relationship with, that we ask for that to be uh, relieved. And our mind should become uh, better, it should become more at ease. And uh, so when we, sorry, we, we try not to have ill will towards uh, each other. And we give our forgiveness as well. And this gift of forgiveness, it's the highest form of giving. Uh, this abhayatana. And uh, so we give our forgiveness both to ourselves and to others as well. And when we train in this way, then we'll be able to pass over obstacles. And that before there was much ill will, and then this can turn into peace, or we experience peace instead. And then from this peace, wisdom arises. Okay, next question from Ui Li An, Malaysia. How do I sustain my mindfulness on the breath? Because my mind tends to wander off and it is not stable in the present moment. And, uh, so just do it a lot. Um, try to bring the mind to be with the breath uh, consistently. And when you do this, then it'll get better. But if you don't try to do this, if you don't train, then the mind will always be running after its objects, just like it has before. So therefore, you should just do it a lot, develop this practice a lot. Next question from Bieda Briceland, United Kingdom. Venerable Lumpur, how does one deal with negative tendencies in one's mind, such as the tendency to resentment, antipathy, and disappointment? While it's possible to temporarily suppress them by various meditative means, such as Marna Nusati, death recollection, for example, or metta practice, trying to uproot them is another thing. Is it possible to see and investigate the roots without access to deep samadhi, but when there is some stability and comfort present in the mind? Thank you very much, Lumpur. May you be well always. So what you said is correct. Um, that in the beginning, there's this samadhi present, and this is able to uh, use peace to temporarily suppress uh, all of the sense impressions. And then from that, we're able to cut away at the roots of uh, the defilements. But in order to do that, we need wisdom. So the roots um, of these defilements are greed, hatred, and delusion. And uh, we cut away at these steadily, but surely. But when the mindful, sorry, when samadhi is small or just little, then we're only able to contemplate in a minor or a small way. But when our samadhi grows, then we're better equipped to contemplate and we can do this more effectively. But while we're practicing, we shouldn't get fed up, we shouldn't get tired, we shouldn't get disheartened, but rather practice uh, continuously. So next question, uh, anonymous question. Sometimes my body vibrates and shakes when I meditate. What is this and what should I do? So just know what's happening as it's happening. That when the mind is joyful, then 
these things can occur. The body can start to shake, or it can feel very cool. Uh, tears can flow down, or they can feel like there's electricity running through the body. And so when the mind is peaceful, then uh, it can be this way. And we just know what's happening, and where we have our awareness up to speed uh, with the reactions of the body. And then we bring our mindfulness back to how it was before. Uh, because if we get interested in these bodily sensations, then our samadhi will disappear. Hey, next question, anonymous question. Dear Lumpur, thank you for the opportunity to attend your virtual retreat. I find that I am not so adept at watching my breath at the nose area and find it more easeful to observe it at my chest area or abdomen area. Can I practice breath observation at the chest or abdomen area instead? Thank you, Lumpur. And that's correct. Um, whatever point uh, it is that the mind collects together, where you are aware of that um, area and the heart feels at ease, then look at that point. So whether it's uh, the chest, whether it's like the stomach area, um, then just do this, and this is correct. And so do that a lot, and I rejoice in your practice. Next question from Champika Rajapakse, Australia. Does, uh, or could Lumpur please describe vinyana or mind? What is the mind? How does it work? So the mind is a natural phenomena. It's an element which receives sense impressions. And uh, when it receives uh, these, whether it's a form, an image, um, or a sound, an odor, a flavor, a tactile sensation, a thought, and these uh, come into the mind. And it's natural for the mind to cognize them, to, to know them, be aware of them. Uh, but the problem arises when the mind knows them and it doesn't have understanding about them. So it becomes deluded and it starts giving chase to them. And this becomes the cause for suffering to arise. So vijnana, or sense consciousness, this arises uh, from these uh, sights or sounds or uh, odors, flavors, tactile sensations. Um, and it's one of the five khandas. So, um, but when there's this experience, then the mind often uh, will go and attach to those feelings and take it as me who is seeing, me who is hearing, is smelling, is tasting, is touching. So a sense of self arises here. And so we need uh, to train our minds um, a lot at this point to give rise to a knowledge which is up to speed with all of these events. And in doing so, then the stress, the suffering that we experience will steadily reduce. Okay, next question from Aini, Malaysia. In practice, I always try my best to have patient endurance and make, uh, and make me very tense and I feel my patient endurance has no wisdom. How to have patient endurance with wisdom? So the wisdom here is knowing that now I need to have patient endurance. And so we bring up this endurance uh, to struggle with 
painful feelings uh, that arise within either the body or the mind. And so there may be a feeling of uh, like there's, there's some tension there. Uh, but as we carry on practicing, then this should become better, it should get relieved. And uh, so sometimes um, when the mind enters into samadhi, then there can be a kind of a tight feeling. But as uh, we carry on uh, staying with this peacefulness, then that uh, relaxes and relaxes. And uh, so as we are skilled at the practice, then this uh, tension will uh, unravel. And uh, so this comes uh, from the practice that we do. Okay, next question from Jessica, Malaysia. Suki Hoto Bhante, please advise whether my practice is correct. I normally start my meditation with metta meditation, then continue with anapanasati or breath meditation. In my metta meditation, I normally start with wishing myself well and happy, then continue with wishing all beings the same, enlarging from my local vicinity to the entire nation, region, world, uh, universe, all directions, all realms, and so on. Then I come back to myself for a while before switching to Anapanasati. I clearly feel my heartbeats, the heat warmth flowing from my heart to my body, fingertips, toes, pores, on my skin, arms, etc. And I feel touched and joyous too. Uh, Number one, is it acceptable if I go straight to spread metta to all beings instead of uh, choosing and thinking of a loved one, then a neutral one, then a not-so-liked one, and so on? Two, the mind seems quite occupied thinking of all beings gradually from all locations, all directions, all realms, etc. And it's helpful to lessen the wandering thoughts compared to Anapanasati. But I just wonder how will I attain deep concentration or jhanas with this actively engaging wishing mind? Will I be able to practice vipassana if I don't have the deep concentration or samadhi? Three, if there is much wandering thought in my anapanasati compared to metta meditation, can I just practice metta only instead of metta followed by anapanasati? Thank you and sadhus bhante. So if when uh, we practice the cultivation of metta, the mind is peaceful, but when we practice anapanasati, when we look at the breath, then the mind is stirred up and restless, then you should practice metta. And this, uh, the purpose of practicing metta is for uh, inner peace. And if it gives rise to this, then it shows that it's right for your character. So sometimes you can cultivate metta and do this for a time and then come back to the breath and look at the breath or look within the body. And this is all correct. And so just try to carry on practicing in this way. Do it continuously. Uh, do it a lot and do it until you're skilled at it. Okay, next question from Ling Po Fung, Singapore. Dear Lung Por, when I was meditating and watching my breath for quite a long time, I was in a space, and later I realized that it was a faraway space, and I tried to sense my body. I was unsure and wanted to go back to the space that was nearer, and I ended up opening my eyes and looked at the time. It was an hour. There was another half an hour before the session ends. 
I closed my eyes and went back to my breath. And I went back into the faraway space again and I let it be. Should I continue to be in a faraway space or in the nearer space? So just bring up your mindfulness and be aware, know what's happening. That even though the mind, it's not there within the body, you still have this knowing, this awareness. And so that's okay. It's a right to do that. So when both the mind and the body are very buoyant, um, this shows that the heart is at peace. So just know what's going on, that things are like this, um, that there's no sensation of the body, and know that clearly. Keep your mindfulness uh, right there. And uh, then when the mind comes back into the body, then contemplate and see the body as being uh, inconstant, stressful, and not self. Okay, uh, last question from Uili and Malaysia. How do we get rid of our rebellious nature? Can meditation help? And uh, so, in training, in samadhi, uh, we develop wisdom in stages. And uh, as we do this, then this uh, reduces the sense of self that we have. And uh, thoughts that may arise about ourselves, uh, then these will reduce, these will get relieved as well. Um, thoughts, maybe if we think that I'm no good, then these will steadily get reduced. And so we should train our samadhi to be uh, stable and well-founded. And uh, so we'll bow together now, but after we've done that, then there'll be a few short announcements uh, from our organizers.